who doesn't try doesn't get. You know, that's uh, uh, really probably the best sentence we could resume. Don't hesitate to uh, be aware of your environment and frankly change and do something else. to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. And you can check out some of my work on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I'd also love to have you be part of our online community. It's a free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. And it's for any creative who wants to show up more consistently for their creativity and craft. If that's you, we would love to have you as part of this community. Simply go to dailycreativehabit.com and we look forward to seeing you in the group today. On today's episode, I sit down with Gregoire Vogelsang. And he is the owner of Vogelsang Gallery, which is in Brussels. And also the founder of Cube Art Fair, a contemporary art fair that launched back in 2016 with editions in Brussels and New York. And Gregoire and I talk about his journey, how he got into uh, being someone who is interested in art and not only interested, but also starting a gallery and starting this uh, art fair and how he has pivoted in the, the times in which we're living in. And gone into the digital space. We talk a little bit about NFTs. So if you've ever been curious about NFT art uh, and how some of that works, we talk a little bit about that. And again, just really talking about how you need to choose yourself, show up, keep pivoting in the times you find yourself, look for opportunities and build relationships. Uh, it's really key that as a creative person, you build relationships, partner with people, leverage those relationships for uh, just a greater good, you know, come together and do something bigger than you can just do on your own. And so I think you're going to enjoy this conversation that I have today with Gregoire. And without further ado, here is my creative chat with Gregoire Vogelsang. Well, Gregoire, welcome to the show. I just want to say I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. Great. Hi, Mike. Uh, I mean, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So this is, I think, the first time I'm having someone who is actually um, on the side where you're dealing with a lot of artists and um, in the space where you are with gallery and um, just some of the other choices that may be going on behind the scenes that a lot of people might not even be aware of. So I'm excited to dive into some of that conversation. But before we get too far down there, why don't you just for the sake of our listeners, give us a little snapshot of like, who are you? What do you do? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I'm from Belgium originally. I'm a gallery owner. Vogelsang Gallery is a contemporary art gallery that uh, exists now since uh, 2011, and we've been uh, participate to a good amount of uh, fairs every year. Um, uh, and in 2016, I'm also uh, launched uh, the Cube Art Fair. Cube Art Fair, so I'm also a fair organizer. Uh, the Cube Art Fair is a contemporary art fair with edition in both Brussels and New York. 
contemporary art fair, bringing uh, in Brussels the best of America, uh, the, the team of the show uh, for the uh, three first edition in Brussels were the American Art Fair of Brussels, bringing American artists and gallery to the European capital. And in New York, when we do the fair in New York, is the European Art Fair bringing the best of Europe to uh, New York. Um, I'm uh, very, uh, I will say, uh, American enthusiast. I love America and I love Europe. So I'll, I like to, I find uh, that art really will give me the opportunity to build bridge between these two cultures. And that's what I've been uh, now doing for uh, over 10 years. That's awesome. I love that. Absolutely love that. Yes. So one of the things that I love to ask people starting off is because, you know, you get the snapshot of where somebody is today, right? And you talk about some of the things that you're doing right now at the moment. But there's always this curiosity, at least for me, of, you know, how did somebody get there? How, do, how does one get to the place where they are doing the work that they're doing today? And perhaps there were seeds of that sown when they were a child, right? So was there something maybe that you can think of a link between your childhood or some experiences you had growing up that kind of fed into what it is that you're doing now? Well, uh, many things, it's like a uh, domino, you know, it's like uh, one you realize afterwards and one uh, experience lead to another experience that uh, now helped me to do what I do. And then if I didn't do that before, probably I would not do it what I do today. So yeah, I quit, I quit school when I was 14, actually. So uh, starting to work, I, I always love to be uh, surrounded by people and, and really uh, meeting uh, anyone I could. Uh, I, it was like, um, so uh, working, starting working uh, in a bakery when I was uh, 14. And uh, um, yeah, realize uh, that wasn't the path I wanted to uh, go moving forward. Uh, and yeah, uh, by chance, I meet an antique dealer who were coming to the bakery, uh, who had his shop across the street, say, oh, what do you do? Can I work for you? And, um, and the only reason I, at the beginning, I was interested to, uh, work in his shop is I noticed he was, uh, opening at noon, his shop. And I, I had to be at like, at the bakery at like 5.30, you know? So I say, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about art, but. However, I think I always had a sense of aesthetic and a sense of beauty. I, I, I really appreciate uh, the uh, excitement of, of beautiful things. And that since I'm, I'm a child, but I could never, I imagine I would work in art. I, I didn't know what, what art were anyway. My parents are not in art. So I, I had to learn by myself, but also there's a beauty, beauty of it. And um, yeah, leading to, Relating to your question, what could what event could lead to another one? Well, if I didn't had the energy and excitement to actually wanted to work, I would not work in that bakery, and I would have not therefore meeting the antique dealer who eventually teach me about art and uh, and and so on. So um, uh, life is uh, really exciting, and that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said, you know, basically it was just showing up and then seeing that next opportunity and taking that next step. Um, yeah, and just for so many people, I think that that's, that's the story, right? It's not necessarily that they had this master plan of here's where I want to go. Here's exactly how I'm going to get there. 
most often than not, it's you're showing up, you're doing what you're doing today, you're being faithful, you're being in, in a pool of people who, who you know, you're networking with and, and coming into contact with who give other opportunities. And um, yes. you keep pushing yourself and growing and learning, right? That's exactly right. And uh, when I didn't know I would start an art fair, but uh, it's by, you know, being a gallery owner, participating to all those all these shows, seeing what were element and were like missing, uh, seeing that uh, relationship between uh, collectors and, and artists are not necessarily uh, strong in in these shows then i wanted to start my my own fair saying let's fill the gap let's let's make sure we we create a show that really focus not only on bringing the massive crowd to a, a event venue for for to buy art but also connecting uh, artists with with collectors and and that came basically step by step naturally uh, by seeing it uh, it wasn't a master plan as you just mentioned but uh, it came like uh, it was like obvious thing. I I mean I should I would love to organize a, an art fair that would be my dream fair if I were an exhibitor and that's what we did when we launched Cube Art Fair in 2016. Organizing every night uh, dinners at collectors' place uh, where artists will uh, meet collectors in a more intimate way. So you had like all those you know like 20 dinners around around the European capital. Each uh, collectors invite a group of friends, and among their friends, they invite three, four American artists from the show that they never met before to to join the dinner, socialize with everybody, and uh, and and sometimes it lead to sales, and sometimes it lead to friendship and relationship for life, and and that's sometimes even more important. So um, yes, I, I, yes, you're absolutely right. It came naturally, and um, it's by doing things and other things came to you. I, I noticed. Yeah. The thing I'm also hearing in you as you speak is that I think you're a connector, right? That you love to connect with people and then you love to connect other people with each other, right? Yes. Yes. I don't know why, actually, but it, it, it is, it is what it, it, it's like that. It's part of, I guess, uh, personality, if you will say. Yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I love to meet people. It's uh, g- uh, genuine. I like to meet people on the street, people, you know, in... Restaurant doesn't really matter where, uh, and um, and that's uh, uh, that's also a thing. When I start when I w- I moved to New York, I, I start to organize impromptu brunch the first week I arrived to the city, uh, where back then the uh, wide dinner were not popular in New York yet, and and I start you know uh, or the first week I arrived on New York in, on a Monday. On Sunday we were sixty people sitting down for a very elegant uh, uh, white brunch in the middle of Bryant Park. Uh, people bring their own food, their own wine. I take care of the, I mean, not wine because uh, obviously you could not drink alcohol in public place, but their own food, their own uh, uh, drinks, let's say. And uh, dress in white, I take care of, of the setting up. Uh, borrow all these tablecloths and plate and glass and flowers at hotel and restaurant for free. Uh, and uh, and we were in the bottom line is we were 60 the first week I moved to New York and we say oh how did you meet all these people well I just you know some I bump on in the street uh, some I go I see them in a, a shopping mall or in a restaurant or a nightclub or 
doesn't really matter where. I just invite them at the end of the week for Belgian brunch. <laughs> and, uh, that's amazing. And uh, and so on. So um, yes, that's that's. Uh, I love that, and I I think that's also why I love America because the enthusiasm of people. You know, like uh, you go north, west, east. Uh, doesn't really matter. Republican, Democrat. There is this common ground in the American people. Then everyone is very enthusiastic and want to help foreigner and and are are more uh, uh, entitled to do thing with with foreigners probably. So or I mean I'm not American, so I I, I don't know uh, on the American perspective. But I have to say on the personal perspective, that's what I love uh, when I'm when I'm in the states. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, I'm also hearing that your, your outlook, I think, is one of you're you're not waiting for someone to choose you or find you, but you're instead jumping in and saying, what can I make happen? Right? Yeah, I think uh, that's the great spirit to have, meaning, uh, you know, when, when you had a good example, it's uh, COVID. Uh, COVID last year happened. Uh, we were supposed to do our uh, fifth edition of uh, Cube Art Fair in the European capital. And, uh, and and keep in mind, an art fair is like, even if it lasts four days, uh, as you can imagine, it doesn't take four days to organize. You know, it's like maybe right. nine months full of work, right? So all of a sudden you could not do the show. And basically you are like, oh, uh, frightening, right? To say, what, what are we going to do? But Instead of, uh, I mean, maybe we cry for 48 hours, but instead of uh, keep doing it and just say, oh, uh, uh, let's cancel the show, the spirit was say, what can we do about it? You know, how, how can we find a solution to still do our job as a fair organizer, with, which is promoting and featuring the creativity of artists in front of the public? Uh, that's our job as a fair organizer. How can we do that in a way that is safe? And in a way that is accessible, and uh, and so we brainstorm and and figure it out. And uh, the street actually of cities are the only place where the public still continue to go. At the even at the peak of the pandemic, you could the only place then where safe was if you wear a mask is is the street. So the idea was very simple. We say Cube Art Fair is going to meet the public where the public is, which is on the street, in a matter of fact, the European capital, because that's where we were supposed to do the show. And, and we took cover uh, 50 billboards in all the strategic location, featuring the artwork of all our American artists. And, uh, and that was a way to still feature the creativity, uh, despite the travel ban, uh, despite uh, the pandemic, uh, the public were able to enjoy the uh, creativity and and that's what we did and and uh, and then it took you know very it was very experimental at the beginning and then uh, it, it became uh, uh, wider and bigger at every you know when we did it in Miami we did it in New York we we took over and 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 from from being a regular in person uh, show um, we now are a, a platform uh, featuring. Uh, uh, artist creativity uh, and critically acclaimed by the press as the world largest public art fair, which is really tremendous. And, and we use it uh, uh, yesterday with the creative, the state creative campaign and, and embracing now the, the NFT technology uh, mm -hmm. for artists to, to um, be able to feature this uh, type of work. So um, yeah, very exciting. 
That's amazing. I'm wondering too, like, can you share, how do you actually navigate that where, you know, obviously if you're in, in person, there's more of a chance to connect with somebody, right? Because you're there, you're talking, you're seeing things, you're interacting. But with something that's like the the public art fair where it's on billboards and you're not necessarily interacting, right? People are walking by and seeing things. It's maybe interaction on a different level. How does that translate to connection for artists or, or you know, um, collectors and, and getting more of that personal piece? No, that's a great question. Actually, what we've been seeing in more than ever now, uh, collectors with NFTs are directly in touch with artists, uh, not physically, but uh, uh, through, you know, social media, Instagram, messaging artists, which, which actually didn't happen before. Uh, uh, you know, when you are in an in-person art show, you go to, you know, you, you, you collectors, you go to the fair, you are in front of, of most of the time a, a gallerist uh, uh, buying the work, uh, maybe for talking to that gallerist for, for five, 10 minutes. And, and, and sometimes the collectors three years later even forget the name of the artist. Um, now what we've seen is that uh, through the NFT uh, technology and platform, uh, collectors are much more involved with the artwork than they purchase. Uh, and when I say more involved, that's mean what they do. They they follow them, the, the artists online, like uh, 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 meaning they won't re- forget their name because they they probably most of the time message them, say, "Oh, I, I saw this piece. That's amazing." They they did a little like or or, or you know, it's like so. Uh, it's another way of connecting. It's not physical, uh, but in a sense, it's it could be probably uh, as deep, uh, just because the collector feel is much more involved uh, with with the artist, and and sometimes they even meet in real life later, and that's great. Uh, but that's really one one of the uh, benefit probably of the NFT technology that we see is that uh, uh, now. It, it kind of like building this bridge uh, uh, between the in relationship between the, the collectors directly with the artists. And that's very new. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm wondering too, like, because NFT and you're an stuff, artist too, you're an artist too, right? So yes, you, absolutely. Not, yeah, I'm sure you've you've been seeing collector, right? So who who contacting you say, Oh, I love this work and this work, and it's it's and it's always exciting, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's not like a uh it's not either or, right? It's it, I think the the online space and the digital space complements the physical space because there's different facets to each and they both have um just a different way that they operate and so I don't think it's it's again it's either or type of thing. I think it's both and, you know. Yes. Yes, and that's a, that's that's actually very new. Yeah. And that that's one of the things that too I, I want to ask you about right now is is just with the whole NFT space, there's it's funny, I guess it depends on who you talk to. There's a lot of people who are still trying to understand the space. It's it's you know new or newish. Um, and there's still so many things that are changing, I think, within that space. It seems a little bit like you know, the wild west where there's, there's not a lot of rules hard and fast and, and things are still very volatile. And so um, what have you seen so far, as far as NFTs, like how, how could you encourage somebody to say, 
this is something that you think either is going to be around for a while, is going to, um, like, what are the benefits of this? Yeah, I mean, you, basically, you you want to, if if it's around for for a while, uh, it, that means you 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 suggest it might be a bubble, right? Right. Uh, so uh, to 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 prove the point, and it's not a bubble. First, you have to uh, before before that, you have to break down uh, really the the drivers of of the trends, right? So um, of the NFT. So first of all. Uh, number one, you've been seeing the uh, uh, increase of the of tokenization of assets, uh, and we've been seeing that for the past years. Uh, not in art, but we've seen like esports, uh, you know, music, etc., uh, uh, etc. Et so, so that's that's one of the elements that we see. Uh, the second element is that we've been seeing the the digitalization. Of, of these assets, right? So, uh, uh, and, and basically uh, blockchain enable the digitalization, it's, it's an enabler. Uh, and, the, and the third point is we seeing also, we've been seeing the increase uh, of cryptocurrency. Uh, and cryptocurrency is the currency that's been used for NFT, to buy and sell NFTs. So uh, the thing is with, with, a, with cryptocurrency, uh, there is by definition is a currency. So there is always volatility, you know, like so in, and so uh, uh, this volatility will have an impact on the NFT market, but so is the uh, real world, physical world. Let's say you have uh, uh, the US dollar who uh, uh, have, uh, a change uh, in the US dollar of, of, uh, of volatility in the US dollar, that will have an impact on the international art market, uh, physical art market. So that's actually uh, uh, a volatility that we can, that will always remain. Now, why I think that is not a bubble is the two first points are actually fundamental. and will transverse to other uh, uh, industry, uh, not only art. And because NFT could be used, be, not only for art, could be used for, for a, a tremendous amount of different industry, that's a proof and is there to stay. And, uh, and that's what is very exciting. And, and um, I encourage all the artists to really wrap the heads around it and, and understand. Once you wrap your head around it, you realize and it's not that complicated, you know, like a, a lot of, for, for the vast majority of the public, actually, uh, when you bring NFTs, people are, are exactly what you were mentioning, saying, oh, yes, I, I heard about it, but I, I'm not sure what it is, et cetera. So uh, that's precisely the mission of Cube Art Fair. The mission of Cube Art Fair launching the NFT art fair, such as we did uh, in June, where we featured artwork on giant billboard in the middle of Times Square, is to actually create a, a more accessible way for the general public to perceive these NFTs. And the mission of, of Cube Art Fair since the beginning is really to make art accessible to the public. That's why we launched the 
the world largest public art fair, uh, you know, taking hundreds of, of billboards, murals, uh, kiosks, uh, boats all around cities such as Miami, New York, and, and Brussels. And, uh, and, if, and our NFT art fair really uh, amplified its mission today. You know, it amplified the mission to finally understand the, uh, what is NFTs, you know, understand that it's actually artwork. You know, once you see it uh, on a massive billboard, you say, oh, that's actually the creativity of, of an artist. There is an artist behind it who created it. And, um, and so um, that's uh, what, I, what we've been uh, doing. And, uh, and uh, it's not a matter of uh, if, it's a matter of when. You could be sure that in, in, in X amount of year, maybe three years uh, uh, or four years or uh, whatever the time is, but you could be sure that at some point, every artist in the world, in addition to the portfolio of whatever they already do it, uh, it could be painting, could be photography, could be uh, uh, sculpture, they will have also NFTs in the portfolio to sell because uh, NFTs are not there to replace a physical artwork. It will come always in addition, you know, such as uh, collecting other things, you know, like collecting stamp or, or collecting a uh, uh, sport card. People collect NFTs and, and that's not going to replace from them to buy also a physical work, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Thank you for unpacking that for us. Um, I think that helps give greater context for the conversation, especially for, like you said, people who are hearing a lot about this, but not really understanding the value or benefit of it. And from an artist's side too, of going like, okay, this is something that people should get involved with, but knowing like, okay, is this, am I too late already? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like there's a lot happening. And then too late will be, will be in uh, three, four years when everyone will do it. You know, like uh, I think now more than ever is the time to show that you are, if you look at the artists who are currently selling NFTs, they are all, you know, here now in uh, October, 2021, they are all part of leaders in the contemporary art world. And, and, uh, and the Cube Art Fair artists are, are part of this group of leaders in the contemporary art world. And, and that's why it's exciting for them to uh, reach a wider audience and uh, creating uh, NFTs and, and, and selling and, and exchanging them. It's, uh, it's really exciting and, and it's definitely not too late. Okay, that's good to know <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, are you seeing certain trends that are are happening within the NFT space as far as the type of art that seems to resonate with people the most? Yeah, I mean, what we've been uh, uh, see- seeing is that uh, collectors actually, and that's what I was mentioning earlier, uh, might reach to to the artist initially because of the NFTs, but by because they now purchase an NFT. And by the way, it could be an audience who, who were not attending physical art show before. And that's the interesting part, you know, like you have like this, you know, group of, of NFT collectors who, who maybe doesn't even own a, a physical artwork in their place. And that's, that's an interesting part uh, for us as a fair is really to, to basically reach to that audience and slowly convert them to also buying other work. And that's what we've been seeing it is that because of this connection now that is deeper with collectors and artists, because they are like now almost friends, right? They chat online and, and on social media, et cetera. 
uh, we've been seeing collectors who who actually end up buying buying physical work. Big, but but it came because initially they start with an NFT and then they they discover more about the artist and and uh, so so that's also very uh, very exciting and great to see. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Who are the people that you look for as far as artists to work with? In terms of either the the you know NFT um, and and digital space, or if it's your gallery, like are, are the, is there certain criteria that you're looking for in an artist above the the artistic uh, aesthetic? Well, uh, actually, the uh, probably the personality of the artist too. Uh, I mean, I think that when it's great to to work with uh, individual and artists who really. Uh, are outgoing and who really could be ambassador of the of the brand and who are not shy to talk and and by you know uh, Cube Art Fair organized a lot of uh, a lot of dinners we all organize a lot of events also I mean in in normal time right before COVID but now now then slowly but surely the thing go back to normal we will we will uh, deeply uh, continue this what has always been our mission to connect a collector and artist. So, so definitely beyond the, the aesthetic part of it, when we select an artist and, and when I, by aesthetic, I mean, we like these who are really uh, uh, beautiful, positive, I would say. It's not uh, so much of, of these who are, uh, uh, you know, violent or tortured. I, we like, we like aesthetics and, and, and positivity. Uh, that's like probably a, a, a common ground between between all uh, uh, of our artists. But beyond that, also the personality of the artist is very important to to uh, to be able to work together as a team on the long run. Uh, that's also probably a, an element and uh, we're looking for. So um, and and uh, and the rest, uh, it's a, it's an alchemy. It's an alchemy between uh, also. The artists and, and the collectors when they when they finally could could finally meet each other. Mm, yeah, I, I'm I'm appreciative that you're sharing these insights because I think a lot of times, especially visual artists, if they're looking for some kind of representation or partnership with a gallery, there seems to be a lot of either mystery involved in how do I actually go about doing that? What questions should I ask? Like, how does the process work? Um, and having somebody to, to be able to talk to and give some insights from the other side too uh, is very, very helpful. So are there any other yeah, things so. that you would you would say, like if there's an artist who's looking to approach a gallery, like what are the things that that are maybe the, the top few things that, that someone should consider? No, I think then uh, an, uh, if you want really to be successful as an artistic in you know building an art, artistic career, I, I always say it, it's you build inch by inch, right? Uh, uh, but if you really want to be successful, you have to consider probably one advice will be you really have to consider the new running a business. That's really the most important because if you consider yourself running a business, that what does that mean? That means then the the crea the creative part is probably thirty percent of it, and and the rest. Don't forget you're running a business. That means the business needs marketing, you need communication, you need distribution. Uh, the distribution is, you know, finding galleries. The marketing could be anything, could be, uh, you know, you could, you could participate to fair, you could, you know, do uh, 
and especially today with there is so many opportunity to communicate with with youtube with video with is charity even maybe where maybe you give a piece anything that help to communicate and and build the brand is very important and if you keep in mind and you're running a business that's the only way that you you know if you uh, sometimes i have artists say oh i'm i'm going to way to sell a piece to then invest etc well in, in in business like if you open a, a restaurant if you wait to a client before you invest in uh, oven and before you invest in table chair and and the uh, and the lease well nothing is going to happen same thing with with the, the art business the beauty of it is that the creator is the only one to decide what need the the artwork to look like right so so if you consider the artwork being in a sense a product no one has you don't need to follow any rules you are the, the only one deciding at the end of the day besides that only exception all the rules regarding business apply to art there is no exception so uh, uh and and um an artist don't do so you have like thousands of artists who who running you know very great if you're selling uh, 50 artwork a year between 5 to 10k you're running a great business yeah yeah i think that's sound advice uh, and too many times artists can get stuck on the craft side and the you know the the artwork side of things and not pay enough attention to business side and then wonder why things aren't happening and wonder why you know they can't kind of get things off the ground um and so Correct. having that that marrying those two together i think is is so important like you just said um and, and then and, is a, is a, is by the way the probably the best business on earth because you there is no limit of pricing then uh, artwork will go up you know like they they the sky is the limit basically and uh, and it's it's just and you do what you love right so yes. so that's uh, uh the the beauty of it yes yes absolutely So I'm wondering like what is next for you like are there things that you're thinking about that's like okay you seem to be able to pivot into spaces as needed you know you you mentioned you know covid hits and you have to pivot to go okay we're going to do this you know online kind of space digital space um billboards and 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 it and it opens up possibilities right um yes. and so you lean into that are there things now that you're you're seeing and going okay here's where we want to go next or here's something else we want to try well for to answer to your question uh, uh i will have to know what is going to happen in uh, one year or two year from now and that answer no one has it uh, the only thing that i could say is that we will keep we let's not be afraid to to pivot if needed let's not be afraid to adapt and and that's what we and that's the spirit we are in and that's what we've been that's what i've been doing for 10 years you know running a gallery and then we we move to an art fair and then we move to you know it's like let's just adapt and let's keep uh uh changing only if it's relevant but if it's relevant let's do it and uh and that's where new opportunities lead so um i will the only way to answer to you to your question is that we will still open our ear and open our eyes and won't be afraid to uh adapt uh, uh, if needed and and be always in that spirit and in, in that mm. state of mind and uh, and once you have that i think uh, you could do anything 
Yeah, yeah. That's refreshing to hear because I think there are times when you encounter organizations or people who are stuck kind of in the old way and saying, this is the way we've done it. This is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to continue to do it. And typically those are the organizations and people that tend to get left behind because the changes that happen, whether that's technology or in the industry, it, it seems to move past them. And then they're at that point where they're trying to play catch up or they feel like they've been so left behind that they just pack it up altogether. So I think that mm-hmm. that sense of, staying in the moment, staying with your eyes open and saying, I am going to change and adapt where it needed. Hold tightly to the things that are really important, but loosely to things that are maybe more methodology and things that that are, aren't um, as important that we can adapt, right? Yeah, well, say absolutely. It's uh, and But it's very difficult also once you are like in a specific format to, to change, right? Because, uh, and, and, uh, uh, and and frankly, if there was not for COVID, we would have never launched, I think, the world largest public art fair and, and the platform for, you know, uh, uh, but but we we keep our positivism open, I would say, and that's where you use creativity to uh, to create things, right? And 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 uh, in the first campaign we launched uh, with Cube Art Fair after during COVID was the we call it the stay creative campaign, right? Hashtag stay creative because uh, that was like a, a wink uh, to everything that you see on these billboards during the peak of the pandemic. It's a hashtag stay safe, stay safe, stay safe everywhere. But we want to stay creative. You know, we want to show that uh, uh, creativity of artists, but also of anybody is what uh, make the uh, world being a better place and uh, and i think if everyone is doing something on uh, we we will be in a better world so uh, that's that's the, the the way i see it and and hopefully other share that point of view and uh, and and that's great yes i wholeheartedly agree and i love that <laughs> yeah exactly it's uh, just uh, go with the flow <laughs> yes yeah so it, where can people see some of the art? Where can people interact with it? Um, can, you, can you point us to some places? Yeah, so uh, we are, so basically the uh, on, on Cube Art Fair with the, the uh, Cube Art Fair Instagram page at Cube Art Fair, uh, the, the website. And also uh, when we have, uh, uh, when we are uh, in cities, you have, uh, uh, we're gonna announce uh, on our uh, Instagram page very soon the the next uh, uh, cities we're gonna be there. We where we're gonna be, and uh, at that point, uh, we the, the people who are in these cities will be able to actually physically interact with the artwork on on hundreds of billboards. And uh, on and by the way, not only billboard, we we do also projection uh, uh, murals. Uh, you know, taking overs cities that's really the the uh, elements that characterize the cube art fair mm. and your gallery is in brussels correct and the gallery is in brussels Vogels and galleries uh brussels and we've been uh, uh i would say it, it's also a fixture in the international art fair circuit we've been participating to a 60 plus art fair all around the world since uh, uh, 2011 uh, shows not only not only New York and Miami. We've been uh, doing Hong Kong, Dubai, uh, Istanbul, uh, 
Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, etc., etc. So uh, that's that's uh, uh, based in Brussels, but uh, uh, in when when normal time come back fully, uh, we are really uh, international galleries uh, per se. Love it, love it. So a lot of places to interact. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. <laughs> So we're at the top of our time, but I want to ask you one last question, uh, and that would be, what is a piece of advice that someone's given to you that maybe you want to pass along to our listeners right now, whether that's about art, creativity, or just even life itself? I mean, I think uh, don't hesitate to, uh, uh, who doesn't try doesn't get, you know, that's uh, uh, really probably the best sentence we could resume. Don't hesitate to uh, be aware of your environment and, frankly, change and do something else. If 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 uh, nothing could, you know, like uh, basically, no, it's already we know already it's not going to happen, right? So if if you try, it might be yes. So why not try? Uh, and that's that's really what I've been uh, doing since I'm a child. My my mom always say, "Who doesn't try doesn't get," and and that. Uh, uh, really resonates uh, with my uh, adult life, I would say. Yeah. And I think that's that's obvious from our conversation today where that has run through everything that you've talked about, just showing up and trying and adapting and being open. Yeah. So, and if it. it doesn't work, uh, it's actually better because that, that way, you know, you, you don't keep trying. You know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, then you did it, you went to the fullest extent and really didn't work so you could be satisfied uh, psychologically speaking you know like because i think that it's it's worse if you if you say oh i didn't do but what if i tried if i what if i had tried right it's like at least if you try to the fullest and and it didn't work for whatever reason doesn't really matter uh, you could be psychologically satisfied and move on to uh, to the next next phase Yes, absolutely. That's great. I love sound advice for sure. So <laughs> I, I uh, uh, yes, I, I agree with that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for our time today. Uh, I'm sure. Thank you that, so much, Mike. Yeah, you know the just the information you've shared, just your personality, uh, just who you are, bringing all that today. Uh, so appreciated. So thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, definitely can wait to uh, listen uh, all your other podcasts and uh, be a big follower. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others. 